Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. So good to everybody. Hello. Welcome to uh, Live Future. I'm Mike Duck. I'm Rick Barry. Along with Cyrus Hatches, my co-host in crime, the uh, surf man himself. Uh, how's the surfing been? You get to go surfing over the holiday? Not lately. I need to get back in the water soon. It's, uh, I'm landlocked currently hanging out with my mom. I need uh-huh. to. How, is Canyon surfing? You're in Florida. Well, he just he was out doing some uh, behind the boat doing some stuff on his on, on his board that has a hydrofoil board board and he did a little kite surfing. He does kite surfing as well, but uh, you know not enough now. He just got done you know winning the gold medal in the America Cup and got the MVP of the uh, of the uh, of the tournament uh, for USA basketball down in Miami, which was great. Woo-hoo! And uh, so we'll see what uh, what's going to happen with him. He's not going to do the G League stuff. He's a little tired of that because I mean he he did he did a lot and never got an opportunity to even get a ten day contract. So he said, well, I'm just going to focus on seeing if I can make the Olympic team, which he came so close to in the last one when he got hurt two days before the Olympic fu- the trials when they trained for it and all, and, and they wound up losing in the quarterfinals and he missed the Olympics. So. Uh, I, I, he knows that that's my biggest uh, disappointment in my career, not making the Olympics. And so uh, he had a chance to stand there, though, on that gold medal platform twice now and get a gold medal in the America Cup and then a couple of years ago in the World Championship, the World Cup. So that was a great experience. And he'd like to maybe be an Olympian. So we'll see. Hopefully his dream will come through, come, come uh, true for him. And uh, he's putting the time and effort. And I, tell you, I was impressed. Even my wife said we were just at, you know over the holidays and we were working out. Uh, over in Ponte Vedra Beach and stuff, and he was there in the gym working out on his own. He worked out so hard and pushed himself because he's trying to get himself in shape that he actually threw up. I mean, he oh. he worked so hard that he ha- and he threw up. I said, "Oh my God, that was." My wife even said, "Wow, that's impressive." I mean, nobody pushing him to do it, but he pushed himself because he knows he's got to keep himself in shape. And he hadn't played any ball, and that's the way to you know to do it. He is, is resting his wrist a little bit right now. So, anyway, uh, I was impressed by that. So, a lot of good things going on, and hopefully, uh, we can talk a little bit about some things. But I want to get some questions from some of our people who are listening yeah. in because I know Cyrus, you always have you always have a million things because you cover the Warriors and you have a million things you always ask you want to talk about. So, before we get to that, we don't want to steal the thunder of some of our people who are you know listening in. So, let's get to some of the questions and try to see if we can. Uh, we can answer some of the things that our, our, our listeners have and fans. Okay, have. Rick, before before we do that, can you answer a couple of questions for me? And I'm sure a lot of other people are curious about this as well. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football and basketball betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup information, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, hockey, golf. They have it all. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards bet online it's where the game starts when canyon played g league basketball he played for the iowa wolves what for i mean you went and visited him like what, like how much money I, mean, I, I i don't know if this is public record or not if this is even too inquisitive you know maybe you don't you don't want to answer this but how much does a g league player make and what is the experience like living in whatever town that was in iowa for the Iowa Wolves, like what was what was that like? <laughs> well, it was a nice place where he lived, and the people were very nice to him. Had a very nice arena, but they don't make much money. I mean, other than the two way guys, the two way guys make some decent money. You get a minimum of seventy five grand. I mean, he couldn't even get a you know, chance for two way or even a ten day deal where you wind up making some extra money. 
And so it just got a little frustrating for him on that part, especially when a few of the seasons when he was there, his stats were better than the two-way guys. They had guys in their main roster that were shooting 26% from threes. He's a 40% three-point shooter. I mean, how in the world do you have a guy shooting 20-something percent on your team? I don't care if he's your draft pick or whatever the hell it was. He's a liability. I mean, there's no player who's a wing player who can only shoot 20-something percent from three-point range who's an asset to your team. I'm sorry, right. he isn't. I was right. just looking at some of the stats. It, it's I don't know if, if you're aware of the fact, but... There are 16 teams, I believe, in the NBA right now shooting 33% or better from three-point range. That's equivalent to that's equivalent to 50% from tubes. I mean, that's that's great shooting. And there's a bunch of teams shooting over, you know, like 40-something percent. I mean, it's 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 pretty remarkable. Uh, same thing, have much better the guys are shooting free throws. Uh -huh. you know, the free throw shooters. I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams shooting uh, over 80% as a team. Over 80%, which is great. I mean, that's the standard to me. You know, I'm always saying 80%, you're a good free throw shooter. As you go up there, you become better and better and better. But if you can't shoot 80%, you are not a good free throw shooter. I'm sorry, right. just not. Right. And still, almost half the teams, I mean, now a little bit more than half are shooting 80 or better, which is good. I mean, I think that's that's encouraging to see that. But you start looking at the stats. But again, I'm not going to get into those until let's get some questions because some of the questions yeah. may get to the point where I can give some answers to it. And yeah. again, I don't I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. How about Jay? Let's start with Jason Pollard. Here's what he has said. What do you think about resting all the starters on the end of back to backs? And is that good for developing the other players or is that bad for team morale? Well, that's I mean, a very good question. Um, I can't relate to it, to be honest with you, because the honest thing, I wanted to play. As I told you, I hated it when we were blowing somebody out because I knew I wasn't going to get to play. And we we had a much rougher schedule. We didn't travel by charter after a plane and get to a place to get to a good night's sleep. We'd get to bed at 2 in the morning, get up at 6.30 to catch a commercial flight to play the next day. And I still wanted to play. I mean, I remember one game we played against Chicago. It was like our fourth game in five nights on the road. And everybody said, Rick, you, you got to help us now. We're dying in here. And I said, were you telling me you want me to shoot more? And I said, yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> I remember, I think I took, I got, I think I scored 49 or 50 points in the game, but I took like 48 shots or something like that. And we wound up, with, we wound up winning the game. And ironically, it was Nate Thurman putting in a missed shot of mine for the winning oh. basket. And, but you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I just don't know about this thing, but now there's so much money invested and I know what it is. It's 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 a situation where they're trying to uh, they're trying to keep guys healthy. They don't want to wear them out and do all the things that they're doing. So it is what it is. Uh, well, and 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 Rick, I was I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm glad Jason asked that because I was looking at the calendar. If my math is correct, they have 11 remaining back-to-backs this season, and Kerr on two of the four decided to rest all the starters except for. Looney, but Looney will get like, you know, five minutes or very meager minutes just to get his overall playing streak uh, intact. But I find that that comes up to 15 back-to-backs on the year. The Warriors lead the NBA in those, but it also gives Kerr a chance to rest his starters. Uh, again, out of an 82-game schedule, realistically, 67 games, you play your starters. The other 15, you're giving your youngsters and your bench players, you know, reps and time. Is that, a, is that a good strategy, in your opinion, like for Kerr in terms of keeping his veterans fresh for the postseason by resting him on the second of those games while at the same time giving his youngsters reps? What are your thoughts on, on just the minute distribution with those back-to-backs? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. I mean, you also want to keep him trying to get your home court advantage. I mean, it does give a chance for other guys to get some experience and some playing time and help them out some. Uh, but to me, I still go back to what I said. No team should be allowed to do that on the road. For the I'm fans. serious, yeah. especially especially when you're playing an Eastern Conference team on the road. It's not fair. Those fans yeah. get a chance to see Steph Curry one time, yeah. and to rest Steph Curry on that, they should be fine, big time for that. I'm sorry, I, I just I'm totally and completely against that. The fans are the ones that deserve. They're paying good money for that. There's no way in the world you should ever rest Steph Curry and Clay Thompson or any of your star players on a game on the Eastern Conference. Never should happen. Absolutely never should never happen. I'm going to try to switch over to my phone because. Uh, my laptop here, I think, is going to run out of juice. I only got. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. So I don't. I don't want to all of a sudden have us go out and see if I can. There we go. I can do that. I'm going to turn. I'm here. I'm here right now. Let me turn this one off. Oh, we're entering the twilight zone, folks. 
Yeah, let me do that. Whoa, 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 hold on, folks. Oh, Sorry. I love it. This is special effects at its finest. Special effects and doing everything else. I'm screwing everything up. So let me get off of this. Okay. All right, I think we're, I think, hold on, we're good here. Now I think we're good. I'm going to turn this off. Oh, we're almost there, folks. We're I'm almost there. This is live. Coming back. I'm here. All right, we're good to go. We're good to go. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really big about that. I just, right. I mean, come on, you're paying a lot of money for these, for these, you know, tickets to do that. And right, we've right. talked about this in the past. It's just wrong. I mean, it's absolutely wrong. Not fair. I mean, if you're going to do it, you need to do it and you have to try to do it at home and manage it somehow, some way. But I just, uh, I don't think it's right. I, I personally hated, hated not playing. <laughs> I, can't, I can't relate to this load management stuff. Of course, yeah. I wasn't making $40 million or $50 million a season either. I never even heard the word million dollars. So I guess <laughs> if they want to protect their investment and you're their investment, they have the right to do that. I probably wouldn't have been real happy about it. But you have to, you know, you got to do what you have to do. And here, this gets back to what I just was talking to somebody did a radio show before I came on with our show. And. I said, how in the world does a, an employee tell his boss, I'm not doing what you want me to do when you're, he's paying you millions of dollars? Just like, say, you know, why, why in the world? If they tell Ben Simmons, you have to shoot underhanded free throws. I'm sorry. That's what the deal is. And if he says no, well, then he gets fined and he doesn't get paid. How do you tell that? Where in the real world? Please, somebody, if somebody knows, write in, do something. Let me know that there's a business in the world that allows the employees to tell the boss to basically go stick it up as you know what. I'm not doing what you want me to do. Just keep paying me my millions of dollars. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. And, and, and you posted this on, I think, your Instagram account. If people can follow you, Rick, on social media platforms at Rick24Barry, you posted something regarding Giannis's free throw attempts. Uh, yeah, it was like three for 15 or some crazy number. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, why would you not try anything? Where's your pride? How do you live with how do you live with yourself if you can't shoot eighty percent from the free throw line? You know, even you know seventies is kind of the average and stuff at all. But hell, that's not good enough either. But if you're shooting 40, 50, 60 percent, you should try anything. Yes. Who cares what you look like? You know, if you can throw it over your head and, and make eighty percent, do it that way. Do it whatever way you can make the highest percentage. That's the object. It's the only thing in the basketball offensively where it's free. Yep. Free. You get a free throw with no defender trying to prevent you from doing what you want to do. It's the only part of the game you get to do that. And you don't want to try anything to get better? I mean, come on, guys. Wake up. I mean, this is ridiculous. Oh, I, you know, it looks, I did this, that. I don't look good. It's, you know, it's embarrassing. What's embarrassing about making your shots? I don't think it's embarrassing either. I don't I, – yeah, it's weird. So, Giannis – I mean, Giannis, I guess, is in the benefit of the, of the doubt. He's an MVP. But Ben Simmons, I mean, come on. What's your excuse? You have no excuse at all. Shoot the granny. I'm with but you. But even if you're having trouble, try anything. Yeah? Like, I mean, if somebody could show me, when I golf, somebody showed me a different way to putt, and I went and tried it, and that's the way I did it. If you have a way to help me get better at what I'm doing athletically, I want to hear about it. I want to try it. I want to see if it possibly can work for me. I'm open to that. Why would you not be open to trying anything within reason as long as it's within the rules to improve your performance in anything that you do in life? Agree? Ah. Rick, you're making too much sense. You're making too much sense. It's the NBA. <laughs> I just, you can't be that logical. You can't be the logical with the NBA. Do you want to hear another question, Rick? Oh, yes, for sure, for sure. All right, here's a, this is Craig. I think, I think all the remaining questions are all over the board. So let's see what Craig has to say here. Hey, Rick, while you were playing pro ball, did you ever have the chance to play against Willie Wise? And what was that like? Willie Wise was one of the best defenders I've ever played against and just a terrific, terrific all-around basketball player. And most people probably never even know who that is, never even heard of him. Willie Wise was an outstanding basketball player. I would say if I had to pick somebody that he would be like that you might be able to relate to a little bit, it would be a Kawhi Leonard. Mm. You know, okay. that kind of size, maybe not as athletic and stuff, but he was a heck of a basketball player. I mean, yeah, yeah. Great respect for Willie Wise. Terrific player and uh, someone you should look up sometime. I mean, a guy that, as I say, most people never even heard about, but one, one of the really good ABA basketball players. Oh, is that why most people haven't heard about him? Is it because he played in the ABA mostly? I played against. He guarded me. Okay. Gotcha. He's one of the but, best defenders. He's one of the best defenders that I ever had to play against. I mean, I knew I had to be ready to play. Willie Wise is a terrific, terrific basketball player. Why is he not, in your opinion, why is he not more well-recognized? 
Well, I don't think his career lasted. He might have gotten hurt doing stuff, but I mean, because the ABA didn't get the kind of recognition. I mean, the players today get more publicity. I mean, it changed so much. I mean, I joked with my son Scooter when he made the winning, when he played really well and got player of the game against against uh, Kansas State to go to the Final Four in college. I said, son, you, you got more publicity after that game than I got my entire you know career in the in college and probably a whole lot in the pros. I mean, you know, say, you know, Kansas takes a scooter to the final four. I mean, because of why? Because you had, you didn't have Fox sports. You didn't have ESPN. You didn't have any of that. True. And nowadays, you know, that, that's why the same thing holds. You get great recognition and stuff for what you do. That's good. But you also better not do anything bad because you're also going to be on the front page of the newspaper and the, and the big story on ESPN. If you do something really bad as well. Rick, you know, we've talked, we've touched on this in previous shows, but it was a long time ago. And I wanted to ask you this again, because the stories you've shared are, are phenomenal there. I love them. In your opinion, who are the most dangerous players you played against uh, in your career? Because a couple of these names are fascinating. Dangerous? Oh, the guys? Yes. Oh, yeah, well, Walt Bellamy was the guy that might stick out a knee if you're trying to come off the screen or doing something. I mean, he was the guy you had to watch, but I'll tell you. The two guys that in the that were in the, they were ABA guys. I mean, Wendell Ladner, God rest his soul, he got killed in that a- airplane crash that happened back in New York when he played for the Nets. And, oh, but he was he was he was crazy and a tough tough guy. And and John Brisker was the other guy played for the Pittsburgh Pipers. I mean, John Brisker he wound up becoming a mercenary and got killed over in I think in Africa or something. But he was those were guys I, when I played against them, I never ever didn't know where they were on the court. Of course, I, I would never. I would never let them get out of my sight, <laughs> because I God only knows what they might do. So I wasn't going to give them a chance to cold cock me or do something to me without me seeing it coming. <laughs> John Brister is really fascinating. I never heard of him until you brought his name up. I looked him up. They never found his body. He's declared dead because yeah. he's been missing for so long. But you're right. He he went to Africa as a mercenary. Never heard from him again. And yeah, no, he was crazy. I mean, I heard one story that one time outside of Three River Stadium or something, it took like five or six police to subdue him. He was getting into an altercation or something with him. Oh but my yeah, he was, uh, yeah, this, this was probably, yeah, yeah, he was a tough, tough, tough guy. I mean, I mean, Al Adels was tough in doing it, but Al Adels yeah. was nuts. <laughs> you know, so it's, and, 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 and most and Al was and Al was on my side too. I didn't have to worry about Al. He was there to protect me. Yeah, <laughs> look him up, folks. John Brister. I, I could see a TV show or movie made about this guy. Oh, no, it would be a very interesting story. Somebody took the John Brister story. It had yeah. a little more detail to find out what this guy wound up doing. I mean, whoa, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you you want to hear from a uh, uh, Brian Nelson? Let's see what Brian has to say here. It's funny now when people ask me sports moments that involve myself, I don't even think about when I was a kid, but more now coaching my son and my daughter and their moments are my greatest sports moments now. And my question for you, Rick, is what sports moments with your kids do stand out in your mind when you think about you know the greatest moments you've had with your children over the years, watching them play, even going to a game with them? Like, What are the memories that stick out to you? That's a, that's a, a great question, yes. and I, I can relate to what you're talking about. There's no greater thing than to watch your own children being able to do something special, regardless of what the walk of life is, whether they're doing something in their schoolwork or they're in the play and they're doing acting or they're a musician or whatever it may be. You always want the best for your children. And for me to have had a chance to see them doing it in the sport that I love so much that they were a part of when they were ball boys, they were, you know, all four of my older boys were all boy, boy ball boys at one time for the Warriors. I would take all four of my boys to the ball. Two of them would work in the visiting bench. Two of them work at our bench. I mean, they would take naps and have pregame meals. I mean, just think about it, folks. I was able to take my kids to work with me. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, seriously. And and so the, the ones that stand out for me, Number one is being there to watch Scooter have an opportunity to win an NCAA championship team and, you know, in the final four and then be able to do that uh, was, was incredibly special. Mm. And I, I even tell a story when I, when I give speeches and stuff about, you know, what happened there after that all took place. And all of a sudden it changed my life because now all of a sudden they said, Rick Barry, no, all of a sudden Scooter Barry's father. Right? Yes, I became yeah. John Barry's father and Brent Barry's father and Drew Barry's father and Canyon Barry's father. And it's really was kind of cool. Uh-huh. Uh, so all of those things are great. And then I got to see 
you know, John and Drew get a chance to go to the NCAA tournament and participate in, in doing that and watching the play games. I, I wish I could have seen all my boys play every game they played, but unfortunately I was still playing myself. I was still working for a living, trying to support them. I didn't make millions of dollars or I had the luxury of being able to go to all their games. Wish I could have seen, you know, been had an opportunity to do that. And so, you know, same thing with Brent. I wish I was there, but I watched it on TV. I was staying at his place in Los Angeles when he told me he was going to go and he was going to dunk from the free throw line. I said, what are you going to do in the dunk contest? Well, I'm going to dunk from the free throw line. I'm saying, yeah, okay, sure. You and Michael <laughs> Jordan and Dr. J. Yeah, okay. And sure enough, you know, he did it and not only twice during the dunk contest and won it. So, I mean, that was, you know, pretty cool and special as well. Uh, and, and the same thing with Canyon. Seeing Canyon have an opportunity to stand there. And I have a picture of him with his face, the amazing expression on his face with his eyes closed with a gold medal around his neck, hearing the national anthem being played, standing on the gold medal podium for the World World Cup and then also for the America Cup, which he had a chance to do two times now. He was on two gold medal teams for them. Uh, that was extremely you know, special for me as well. And, and to be able to be there watching him play in those games and very special times to do that, you know, to be there for their senior games, their last games in college. Uh, yeah. I, so I can relate 100% to being there for your children. And it's always much more meaningful. I mean, that's when people ask me, what's your fondest moment in basketball? I said, are you talking about me personally or overall? Because overall, it's some of the things I'm just telling you about. You know, personally, obviously winning the championship, because that's what I played for. I played for championships, not for individual honors. So yeah, that's I've been very fortunate and blessed in that regard. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, I might be, but I, I think you and uh, and Bean Bryant are the only two fathers who have a championship, and then their kids won championships. Is that correct? The father son. No, I think I think I think uh, uh, Bill Walton and his son. Uh, oh, Luke, right. Okay. Okay. Later on, yeah, and then there was one before the NBA became there. He was a teammate of mine in college, Matt Gukas, who played on the championship '76er team, and his dad who was a pro player, but it wasn't the NBA at the time. But, right. uh, you know, those are the first ones that happened. And then, of course, you know, uh, some of the other people have, have come along since then. But, yeah, it's special. Very special. It is. Yeah. Let's get some more because I have some other things yeah. I want to bring up about the Warriors. But let's see if we get some, let's get some more questions. Deal. we got one more here. This is from Jack talking America's most popular sport, or at least most fastest growing sport, and that's pickleball. The pickleball tournament that was in St. George, Utah, was wondering, how do you get invited to something like that? And number two, looking for some shoes to play pickleball with. I have running shoes, but I don't think those are what you need for pickleball. So was interested in your comments. Thanks. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'll talk about anything. It doesn't matter. Obviously, pickleball is a big love of mine. I just actually, you know, I actually won the... Uh, Won the world seniors in uh, in men's doubles and got a bronze in, in mixed doubles back there in St. George, Utah. Um, that was kind of fun. And last year I won in, in men's doubles. We won the 5-0, which is the highest category, the 70-plus category. Won Congrats. That with my guy Ted Myers and my guy Yoda Friedberg in the, this year. And uh, Diane, <clears throat> uh, Diane was my partner. Uh, and... Um, and Baumgartner in, in the mixed doubles. And last last year, I didn't play in the mix. I only played in the men's. And then I just played in the nationals and was able to win another another national championship in men's doubles. So it's a great game. I, I encourage everybody to do it. As you can see, so many players are getting involved. LeBron James okay, is involved in team ownership. Uh, Tom Brady's getting involved. Drew Brees is involved. Clisters, uh, uh, the, the lady tennis players involved. In fact, one of the companies I'm doing work with, my the company, that I do stuff where with Aloe MD Plus, which we're rebranding the name, which is also a part of uh, Medicinally that I talk about so often when we were doing shows and everything, and along with uh, 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 along with another company that we're involved with, Takeda, which has the great the great uh, cooling bottles and stuff that you can use for stuff. Uh, Kentron, we're going to actually we're going to uh, I think we're going to have a team in the new merging of the of the world team. Uh, pickleball and we're, we're going to have a team and they're going to be drafting pretty soon for that so it's kind of cool tyrol is the shoe that i'm wearing now for pickleball t-y-r-o-l is an outstanding shoe give it a try t-y-r-o-l if you're looking for a really great pickleball shoe a lot of other companies are starting to do stuff but the tyrol shoe i find to be you know exceptional with the qualities that they have so give that one a shot um and um you know that's about it for my for the pickleball stuff i'll be out there playing again first thing in the morning on uh played yesterday uh i played yesterday and and uh in in pickleball and uh i just i love it it's a great game Bravo. 
Yeah, give it a shot. And Draymond and Draymond Green's also involved with LeBron in the in the ownership of. Uh, well, that yeah, I heard Draymond, but I'm also getting. I talked to Chris Mullen. I got Chris Mullen to go. I'm using do stuff with Selkirk paddles. Uh, Selkirk, great great paddle, and uh, I'm trying to get you know Chris involved with doing that. Chris Mullen playing stuff, and so I'm going to try to hopefully get his level up to stuff where maybe we'll do some stuff with the Warriors, and Chris and I will have a chance, and we'll have a competition and run a contest, right? That the winner, people will win, you'll have an opportunity to play pickleball against Chris and me sometime. That might be a fun thing to do. Hell yeah. Kind Hell of yeah. Cool. We, got, uh, we got one more question that just came in, by the way. Oh, we got two more. We can take questions during the show. So uh, this is from Jim Darby. Hey, Rick, I got a question. Um, my name is Jim Darby, and I'd like to know how – this is a crazy question, but how do you think your teams that you played on with the Warriors would stack up against today's teams? I mean, I know athletes bigger, faster, and all that stuff today, but from a pure talent standpoint, how would you rate them? Thanks. Bye. Uh, well, well, first of all, uh, every one of the guys on my team, myself included, would be better basketball players if we were if they if we were playing today. Why? Because we didn't have all of the training and the sophistication of the training that these guys have available to them. As I told people, you know, you guys wouldn't be able to play with them. I said, no, I'd actually be better, faster, stronger, quicker, more endurance, jump higher. We had nothing, absolutely zero. We had we didn't do any lifting. We didn't have a strength coach. We didn't have agility coach. We didn't have dietitian. We didn't eat the right foods. I mean, it's, it'd be crazy. And our team would be good. Why? Because our team was a really good defensive team. In fact, I just looked at the stats. We leg with, hey, our front line was 6'9", Clifford Ray, 6'7 and a half me, Jamal Wilkes at six foot six or something. And then we had our bench players stuff. And we led the league in rebounding, okay, which is a critical element, defense. That's part of your defense is your rebounding. And so, yes, sir. Yeah, we would. And we had guys that could, you know, could shoot the ball. And we obviously would have been better three point shooters. I mean, I would have worked at the three point shot. I I, I was 33 percent, which is equal to 50 in my career at the end. But I wouldn't be satisfied if I were playing today. My 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 baseline would be I would be I want to be a 40 percent shooter. That would be my baseline. It's just like. Free throws for me, it wasn't 80, it was 90, okay? <laughs> I set high standards. I set high standards for myself. And so in free throws, it was 90. You know, 80 is great. You know, and in this three-point shooting, I said, well, I got to get to at least 33% because that's equivalent to 50. And so I was actually better because I was shooting 33% there. But from two-point range, I was like only like a 45 46% shooter. And so that's the amazing thing about it is, is that you shoot 33%, you're a better shooter from twos than most people are. I mean, and you're only getting two points. So it's it's a big factor in the game today. It really is. So our team would compete because of our defense, okay? And we were we just played well together as a team. Teams wouldn't have gotten easy shots. That's why the Warriors did so well. They got off such a great start last year. The defense was as good as the defense was last year at the start of the season. It was that crappy at the start of this season. Yeah. I mean, it was pathetic. I mean, it, it was just so bad. And it's still not anything of any great significance, which I'm going to bring up here, okay? Okay, the Bucks are number one in defense, okay? 105.9 points a game they're giving up, okay? That's number one. Warriors, 23rd. That's better. 23rd That's at 113.6. You are not going to get back to the NBA Finals if you are the 23rd best defensive team in the league. I'm sorry. Right. It's not right. going to happen. The only thing's kept them going, and they're still not in the top 10. They're number 11 offensively at 112 points a game. So they've got to get better. They've got to get better with their defense and make a commitment to that. That's the first thing that you have to do as a team. You must make a unified commitment to being the best defensive team you can be because that's the constant. That's right. going to keep you in games when your offense is struggling. You can't go out on the road like they were doing at the start of the season and giving up 128 points, 125 points, and expect to win. That's unrealistic. And that's where it has to come from. You know, and then occasionally they'll do it. I saw a couple of games lately. They've they've gotten better. Okay, mm -hmm. thank God. And here's the deal: we're one quarter of the way basically into the season. They're only three games out of first place with all this crap that's going on, and they're one and nine on the road. So Crazy. hey, you know, it's not so dismal. Don't think it's the end of the world, folks. There's still three quarters of the season to go, so they've got plenty of time to get their act together. But I still think it's going to come down to this: number one, they've got to get better defensively and become a better defensive team to have any chance at all. And then 
the development of the younger players has not really happened. Kaminga hasn't gotten to where he needs to get. Moody's got to get a little bit yes. better. Poole's been a little up and down. Then, of course, Clay was off because he didn't play a lot, you know, regularly. He didn't, so he didn't get the minutes and stuff. In it. And he's always been a little bit of a streaky kind of guy. And so Clay's got to get his game back. Thank God for to Steph playing at the level that he's playing to keep him so they're at 500 because if it wasn't for Steph, now you might have something to really be worried about, <laughs> you know. But he's playing amazingly, so they've got to get that. And then, it's, and then the biggest one is, is is Wiseman. We talked about this. I felt that Wiseman could be a big factor for them this year. Well, he hasn't done that, and so mm. they haven't seen that happen yet. And to their credit, they're getting it back down like they did with Poole, who mm. used that time to turn his game around because he was struggling big time. So hopefully James, and it seems like he's having some nice outings, you know, there. He needs to use that because he has hardly had any time at all playing on the professional level. He hardly had any time playing in the collegiate level for that Correct. matter. Correct. So he has got to totally and completely commit himself and focus to getting better at the game. My God, he's got natural talent in the ball. He runs like a deer. He's got size. He's got mobility. He's got a nice touch on his shot. He could be such a huge, huge asset for this team. And without him doing that, honestly, I don't believe they can do it. I don't think they can accomplish what they accomplished last year without Wiseman rising to the occasion. Well, can they also do it if they trade Wiseman for an asset that can contribute right away? Or Well, that's a possibility if they want to do that. But the thing is, I think he has a real big upside at his age and all. Then they can use somebody like him uh, you know, going forward. And, and that's the thing I was so excited about with what they had, winning that championship last year and still having some good years left for the big three. You know, they're you know not the same players that they were, especially, you know, Draymond and, and Clay. But, you know, Steph is showing, like, unbelievable. He's doing things that better than he's ever done them in, in some it's areas. Crazy. So to his credit. So that's the key to it. It's those younger guys have got to keep stepping up, get better, get better, get better. But Wiseman is the guy. They need the size. They need somebody who can be that weak side shot blocker or protect the rim for him and run the court and block shots and, and get some easy points. I mean, he could be such a huge factor for them. Um, I'm just waiting to see how it's going to progress. I'm, I'm, I'm praying that that and, and hoping that everything works out well for him and that he has the right attitude. It seems like he does. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I heard, you know, that maybe, you know, that they were talking about Clifford Ray maybe using Clifford. They've actually Cleveland's, you know, look at, look at what Cleveland's guys are doing. You want to know why? Yeah. Playing so well, you see their big guys. You know who yeah. they brought in to work with them? No, Clifford who? Ray. Clifford Ray's working for the Cavaliers. Clifford right now? Ray went in and worked with them. Now I'm telling you, why in the hell did they not have Clifford Ray back working with the Warriors on a regular basis with all their big guys? This is one of the best big man's coaches the game has ever seen. He's a former Golden State Warrior. I think he would prefer to be doing stuff for the Warriors yes. as opposed to doing it for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, the Warriors have that guy that was uh, Nikola Jokic's former coach, um, but I, I'm not. And then, and then the, that that actually disappoints me because you're right. I agree with you. Clifford Ray should be coaching James Wiseman right now. Um, and then I'm hearing things, Rick, which is pertaining to James Wiseman's attitude, which is what's discouraging me. Supposedly, um, down in Santa Cruz, he's not like he's he doesn't take um, constructive criticism well. That's that's the knock I'm hearing right now. Like, well, I think he would take it from Clifford Ray. Clifford Ray, everybody, yeah. look, all these guys love Clifford Ray. You talk to the players who, who Clifford has worked with over the years and what he's done is a litany of incredible success with all these players that he's worked with. I mean, he made he, he made Dampier. I mean, he made, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a whole bunch of guys. I mean. Well, Kendrick Perkins. Well, Kevin Perkins, Burnett. Perkins, well, the big guys. He First of all. First of all, he helped Boston win championships yeah. because he took Jefferson and made Jefferson a better player to make the trade for Kevin Garnett. Right. Okay. That's one of the huge things right there. Okay. And Eric Dampier, okay, that, that's another one that, you know, he helped a lot. And he helped uh, Donald Foyle tremendously. He helped those guys become multimillionaires. He had, <laughs> he helped, he when he was with Washington, he he, he helped Chris Weber tremendously. He wow. had, he had in, when he was with Dallas, and Dallas, he worked with Roy Tarpley, and they had Roy Tarpley playing great. And then when they took him away from him, Tarpley went south, got on drugs, oh. and ruined his entire career. But he had him playing tremendously. Hey, and I, you know, and I could just keep going on and on with what he's done. But the, the tip of the iceberg, and not the tip of the iceberg, but the 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 apex of it, he had Sean Bradley when he worked with Butch Beard in New Jersey. Sean Bradley under Clifford Ray was getting triple doubles 
points, rebounds, and block shots. Oh, rest in peace, Sean. That's yeah. that's, that's yeah. Clifford needs to come back. I agree with you. I agree with you, but because uh, you're right. So I, I, let's I, talk a little. We have to get to the, the other question. Let's get the last. Yeah, we question. got one more. Here's a, this is Jim Cleveland. Here's what he has to say. Is the source of the Warriors' struggles on the road? Is it just the schedule where they practice less when they travel? Want to get your thoughts on that? Totally and completely mental. Defense is all mental. You just have to make up your mind. You're going to go out there and you're going to play smart. You're going to understand. You have to know what the rotations are. You have to know what the game plan is. You have to know what you're trying to force the other team to do. You go over it. You have your strategies. What does this team do? Okay, let's try to make them do something they don't want to do. So we need to force them this way. We need to force them that way. We're going to be in a help situation here. We need to rotate properly. We need to screen off the boards. You need to do all of the little things. And that is a total and complete commitment for every player to be mentally focused, to go out, put the effort forth. But you have to do it being focused because you can play hard if you're not playing playing focus, you're going to make mistakes. You'll be half a step late, half a step late, and you're going to get crushed by some other teams. And that's the constant team. That defense could be your constant. The Warriors defense at the start of the season was abysmal. And I think anybody on the team, the staff and everybody would say the same thing. And they've gotten a little bit better. And if they continue to improve and get themselves up to the point where they are one of the top 10 teams in defense come playoff time, now they've got a shot at it. Because no team in the history of the league that I know of and I don't do all the research that everybody does now, but there's not been a team that's won an NBA championship that was a bad defensive team. True. Yeah, I, that's fair. And, and look, at least they, at least they have improved because you mentioned the Warriors being 23rd in points per game given up. They were 30th. So I'll I'll, I'll take that upward. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, at the start of the season, it was abysmal. Horrible. I mean, it was it was horrendous. It was almost you know hard to watch. You know, like I said, my son worked out and threw up. I mean, you throw up watching the Warriors play defense. I mean. it's – Okay, so here's a, here's a couple of interesting things just to show you why they got to get better and why they're mediocre right now. Opponents points off turnovers, critical element. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, the Dubs are number twenty eight. They turn the ball over twenty one point three times a game. You can't turn the ball over over twenty times a game and no. expect to stay in games. The fact that they're ten and ten with that average is pretty remarkable. Okay. And the Celtics are number one. They only turned it over 15 times a game. That's one of the reasons they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, one of them. Uh, and then how about the second chance points, Points, which is what? Screening off the boards, right? Only giving the opponent one opportunity to do it. Right. They're 22nd in that department. That's all. 22nd out of 30 teams. I mean, come on. You're not going to be a great team if you're if that's what you're doing. So they've got to improve on that. The Cavs are number one. 11. Only 11 points. So that's one got of the it. reasons they got a nice record that, you know, they're up there, one of the better teams in the East this year. Then to take a look at the opponent's fast break points, right? They're there. Again, middle of the pack, 13th, okay, that the opponents. So they're not crazy, but they're not really, not even in the top 10. They're giving up 13 and a half points. On, that means you're not good. You're not aware of transition defense, yeah. getting back, protecting your own basket, okay? And then the other one is the points in the paint. Okay, which I always felt when I did broadcasting, that's in fact one of the things that I actually came up with. I kept track of that, and I would say inside scoring or points in the paint, right? You know, the team that gets that back in those days before the three-point shot usually won the game. Okay, you score more points in the paint, you're usually going to win the game. Now the three-point shot has changed that. You know, now you, some of the teams that – it's usually the team that shoots better from three-point range wins the majority of the games now. That's how much things have changed. But the Warriors, once again, 15th, middle of the pack. Okay, So, I mean, those are the kind of things that just have to get improved. But the encouraging thing, those are things you can improve on. Yeah. Well, the points of the paint, Rick, just to piggyback off that, that also leads to a worse – like if you're struggling with points of the paint, you're also going to struggle with transition defense. Because when you're missing – when most of your shot attempts are threes – and you're missing those, it's a lot easier for an opposing team to run it back from a missed three as opposed to a missed shot that's in close range. Would you, would well, you but also, that? if you're letting them score in the paint, that means you're not playing very good defense. So they're getting past you and your career. Now you got to come and help. They can get there. They can score easier but points. And it just breaks down your defense is what it does. I mean, and it means that they're breaking you down. And so you got to be able to help and rotate and cover. And, and then depending upon who you're playing, you know, and some of these teams, you know, shooting 40 or more, they're averaging over 43 points shots a game. And some are shooting a high percentage. The Celtics especially are shooting up like 40%. So to me, if you're playing a team that's shooting that well and they're doing it, I would jump every screen. 
Yeah. I don't care. So jump the screen, go get inside, beat me with an 18 footer. Okay. I'm going to live with that, but you're shooting 40 something from threes. I can't be giving you open three point looks. You should never ever allow a team that's shooting 40% from threes, unless it's in transition, getting it open, uncontested three point look at the basket. And the Warriors you have to are be doing- smart. A guy penetrates and you're there. You go to stop him. Hey, let the other guy on the other side stop. Don't leave the guy open to three. Let him get a wide open three. You just have to understand the game and the nuances of it. And you don't let them beat you with what they do best. You make them beat you with what they do worse. Yeah. I, I, no, you're absolutely right. It's And the Warriors were giving up so many uncontested shots early in the season. It was driving me insane. And a lot of that was them not fighting over screens. And so players just had these open looks. And I, I, when I said points in the point, points in the paint, I was referring more to the Warriors' offense, uh, just just because like the less points in the paint you have offensively, uh, the more likely the the other team is in terms of pushing the ball up the court, getting easier transition buckets. Um, whereas if you're attacking the paint more, your defense can get back and and yeah. And here's settle. the thing. Here's the thing about that also is that the points in the paint can be a little misleading because a lot of teams are doing what the foreign teams used to do in international competition, especially the Asian teams, they would go in and try to penetrate, kick out for the three. And now teams are doing the same thing. Unless yeah. you can get all the way to the rim, they're not pulling up for the shot. They're doing that, boom, and they're kicking it out to a wide open three-point shooter. That's what they're doing a lot of. And that's why teams would be scoring maybe more in the paint, but they're looking to get that ball out to the open three. What are your thoughts on the on uh, Kerr implemented a change three games ago, which so far is proving effective. Uh, the Warriors play Minnesota on the road tomorrow. As we talked about, the Warriors are nine and one at home, one and nine on the road, abysmal. Uh, three games ago, Kerr, Kerr started uh, staggering Draymond's minutes where Draymond is coming out of the game earlier to start the game, but then he comes back in with the second unit. And it's resulting in success. All of a sudden, instead of the Warriors bench being, you know, in their plus minus being horribly deep in the negative, they're actually breaking even now, which is encouraging. Um, your thoughts on that? I'd love to get. Well, he's your... bringing him in because of his experience and because when Draymond plays the kind of game where he's looking to, to distribute the ball, play the defense, rebound, take it up the court, you know, get eight, nine, 10 assists in some of those games. So he has someone out there that's, a little bit wiser, let's say, and understands what it takes to win. And therefore he's giving much more security perhaps to those guys and, and showing them how to do this and bringing them together with the leadership. And right. so it's hard on Steve's part. So you're not relying on a Moody to have to come in and do that who doesn't have the experience to do it. And you're coming in with somebody like Draymond, you know, who do who does that exceptionally well, regardless of who he's playing with. But obviously it's proving to be more effective because he's helping that second unit. And that's what you need to have. Your bench has to be a factor in games. You don't win championships if you don't have a bench. Agreed. And that's what we talked about when the Warriors and when KD left and, and they wound up making trades and they lost some people. We all talked about what? Who are they bringing in? What is the bench going to be like? You know, and because the first championship they had, they had veteran guys who were on the bench. Iggy was on the bench, if you remember back in those days, and Lee was on the bench. Yeah. And so those guys were willing to accept their roles to do that. I mean, smart guys who were in the game, especially the kind of money you're playing. Hell, when I went to the Rockets and, and, and to leave for the last two years, I was willing to come off the bench my last year. I said, start Robert Reed. Let me, I, I can sit, I can see what's going on. And when I come in, I can come in and do the things that I think need to be done and bring some of the veteran leadership that I had and experience yeah. that I had. And so I think that helped make us a better team. And I think that's what Steve is doing with Draymond. I agree. What, what are your thoughts on Draymond? You, you mentioned earlier in the show that he's regressing. I think it's fairly obvious uh, that he's, he's, he's on the decline. I don't think there's any doubt. But what, what, what I'm seeing that's most evident of that is a lack of vert- verticality uh, resulting in lower rebounding numbers. I see him contesting shots less. He's daring opposing players to shoot more threes and that's, and that's hurting the warriors. And, um, but the rebounding numbers is where it's really concerning me. Like last night he had three, uh, two games before that he had two. Um, those are concerning. Like, I, I feel like Draymond needs to have much bigger rebounding numbers and I'm seeing a decline. What are your thoughts? Is it, it's concerning me a lot. I don't know. Well, what I think I think what he needs to do. He has. As here's the deal. You have to understand your game first, okay, and where you are, what you can can't do, okay. Uh, and you know, if you're slipping at a little area, fine. So he doesn't have the verticality. He doesn't have the jumping ability. So what he needs to do is he needs to go out, screen this guy, release, and go get some balls. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, just and, and don't 
try to go and jump because maybe he's getting out jumped and somebody's keeping the ball alive. Put a body on somebody. Give yourself a better chance. And even if you don't get it, you're taking your guy out of the play and somebody else can get the rebound. So you can't always judge what a guy is doing. Like a perfect example is that. And I always bring him up with my son, Kenya. My son, Kenya, would screen off all the time. I finally said, son, you have a 42-inch vertical, okay, at that running vertical. I said, <laughs> just stop screening your guy out when he's 25 feet from the basket. I said, hey, just see, if he's out there releasing, go use your athleticism, go up there, go get some rebounds. I mean, even though you're making sure your guy's off the boards, go in and be a help on the boards. And I think Draymond at times needs to be able to do some of that stuff. In other words, don't try to get in there and bang with the guy. Put the body on him. Keep him off the boards. And evaluate it that way. Okay, so if I wanted to do it, I could look at a game and I can watch Draymond. I mean, sometimes I'd love to be able to do what the what – the, uh, uh, what the what the Mannings are doing, you know, the two Mannings when they're watching. I think that's so freaking entertaining. Uh-huh. So much rather listen to them talking about the game yes. than listening to the regular broadcast of the game. It would be so great for fans to be able to do that. I mean, I would love to be able to do that for a basketball game. I've had friends that I sit around and I do that, and I said, okay, let's turn the microphone off and let's watch. Okay, and we're recording it, okay? And so we get done with it, and I talk about it. I said, okay, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. And I said, here's what had just happened, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's run this back. And so when a timeout came, I said, let's run back and let's listen to what was being said during that time and compare it to what I told you. And I basically said, I said, I will bet anything you want to bet that this is what this person is going. I'm not going to mention any names. This is what this person is going to be talking about. What they should have been talking about is this. <laughs> Right on the money. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not serious. Because I tell you, I watch and I listen. Cyrus, I'm wondering, what game are you watching? Yeah. You are the master of the obvious. You are you're you are not watching this game the way I'm watching this game. Because there are things going on out there that need to be talked about that aren't being talked about. And that's what makes it much more interesting, I think, for the fans to be able to hear the little subtle things, things that are going on and not the obvious things. Yes, sir. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> we should do that sometime. The Warriors should do that. Bring me in. You can pay me this time, though. Bring me in, and let's do a special thing for the fans. On Hey, you know, on a road game. Take a road game that's going to be on TV. Bring me in and do it. It's for special people to come in. The people can come. Hell, they can even pay to do it. Come in. We'll sit down. We'll have a little party. Have people have some food and stuff. And we'll watch the game and let me talk about the game for this group of people that's over there. And I bet you they would have a really good time. Well, I, uh, I, I'm going to go back to – I'm going to go attend some games coming up here soon. I will bring it up to the great Raymond Ritter and uh, at least get the seed implanted. So who knows? Maybe they will explore an idea like that. Now, the downside is I give them that idea, and then they go pick someone else, which – Well, let's let, let, let them pick somebody else. That's okay. Right. <laughs> but I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. I'm just saying I, I thoroughly enjoyed for the first time I happened to hear both – Manny's doing their show together. Amazing. And it, it was, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was it. fun. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really fun. I mean, I understand football enough, but I mean, they were saying, I said, wow, that's such good stuff. That's great. I mean, I just think the fans would love doing that. And I've done that. I've gone to some, some of the games and different things and, and they go to it. And then I'm able to talk to the fans who are watching the game and then, you know, throw in some stuff for them. And because I, I, I know I see the game differently. Yeah. Well, you see the game a lot more, I'd say, more astutely. Well, uh, I see, see it more technically than anything and, <clears throat> and more more big picture. Um, and, and that's that's what I like. Fortunately, I, I have the ability to be able to do that and to see those things. And then the biggest thing about it is seeing it and then be able to have it register in your brain and then be able to talk about it instantaneously. Yeah. No, I love what the Manning brothers are doing. They, that is pure entertainment. Uh, yeah, I'll bring it up. For, I'll, I'll bring it up, and I'll see it's your idea, and, and who knows? That, that would be amazing. I agree with you. That's give someone give the give the viewers a second option. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, it's anyway, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. So you know, nothing to be overly concerned about, folks. I mean, actually, you know, say if you prayer, if you pray and do stuff. Be thankful. It's Thanksgiving time. Thank you, Lord, for allowing the Warriors to be only three games out of first place despite <laughs> the start of the season. It is incredible. It is incredible. It's only three games. It is remarkable. I, I, yeah, what you see, I mean, there's, there's, there's how many teams that are in the Western Conference that are within the three games of first place. I mean, nobody's running away with anything. Phoenix isn't running away with everything. I mean, this is this is going to be an interesting battle to see how things progress through the rest of the season. And the Warriors can be right in it with their number one priority, 
get to play better, consistent defense. That's yes. the most important thing to do right now. And then hope and pray that Wiseman is going to approach this the right way. If I were them, I'd bring Clifford Ray in to totally and completely focus and work with him. He will turn him into a much, much better basketball player, guaranteed. I'm not a betting person, but I would bet anything that there's no way James Wiseman doesn't become a better basketball player under the tutelage of Clifford Ray. Is there any possibility that Cannon could could come back to the G League and play for Santa Cruz? I I I don't know. I don't know if he. I mean, I, I was hoping he could have got a chance to go over and play over there. But you know, hey, they're doing what they're doing. I mean, early on, I know he could have played. I mean, right now, I I don't know. I mean, he's just got so discouraged with all that going on, and yeah. so his dreams are they hopefully become an Olympian. And uh, you know, he he played well enough to get the MVP of that three x three tournament. But I'll tell you, that three x three stuff. You want to talk about brutally physical game. It's insane how physical they let and the things they let go over there. And he <laughs> learned that right away. He said, Dad, I got to get stronger and stuff. He said, and bigger. He said, these guys should just beat the hell out of you. And they get away with murder. One guy took it. It was the most blatant offensive foul I've ever seen in my entire year life playing basketball. The guy literally took him. He had him. He's playing him, bodying up to him on the left, on the right block if you're facing the basket, right? And the guy, he hooked him, went by, and actually threw him down to the court with no foul being called. It was so, so blatant. I couldn't believe the officials didn't blow their whistle. I've never seen something so outrageous as far as an offensive foul with hooking oh. somebody. It was crazy. But that, that's what it is. But again, you, you have to learn to fight through those things and play with them. And the whole thing about it is in 3x3, one little thing like that can change the whole game around. You can't let yourself get in a position where a bad call like that can cost you the game because you're only playing to 21 points. And so you have to really focus in and try to get a nice lead because I've seen them you know, lose a game on a, a guy threw up a prayer late in the game doing something when they had a lead of 20 to 19 playing to 21 and he made what's a two-point shot for them not three and the guy and he made the shot and beat him in a game that would have sent them to the quarterfinals semifinals i mean like crazy stuff happens we know that basketball here's what i say you live by this model folks always expect the unexpected all right always a pleasure folks all the best again happy holidays rest of the time We'll keep popping up uh, in and out. I know I've been crazy busy traveling and all, but uh, we'll we'll try to do some more things here to to have some fun. So we appreciate all of you guys, Jim, Brian, Jack, the rest of you for, for joining in and getting your questions in. And we'll be uh, happy to do that on a regular basis. So enjoy Mike Up. We've got a lot of great things going on here where you can be a part of the program. It's a tremendous app, so just sign up for it and, uh, and be a part of uh, what we're doing here. It's the Rick Barry Show, basically featuring Cyrus Satchez. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.